Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. The time has come, folks. Yeah! That's not me being overdramatic. That is the name of the episode. That is what we're talking about. And boy, is it a, it's a doozy. It is. It's a, In I mean, all the best ways. Yeah, no, this, this is very, um, it's a strong, it's an incredibly strong episode. It only has a 96% on the wiki and only a 96. Let's bump that up to at least a 98. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's so much. It's, it is. I should preface this by saying I have been listening to so much old Odyssey recently. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I've been doing this Good thing. Good comfort food. I've been having trouble sleeping at night. And so I've been putting on like the OA club or whatever. Uh, and I queue up three episodes because when I was a kid, you know, and I would listen to them on CD when I was going to sleep. There were three episodes on the disc. And so I've just been listening to, like, so much old Odyssey. And, like, it's actually really interesting because I just listened to some of the episodes that are sampled in this one last night. Mm. Nice. Like, I listened to the one where Eugene comes to town last night. Oh, nice. Connie Part 1. Yeah. I fell asleep during Connie Part 2. So funny that Eugene's first episode is named Connie. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've got that one on CD. It is sitting in the drawer next to me. It's a it's a good one. Highly recommend re-listening to it. Yeah. It, the sad thing is that I tried listening to New Odyssey, and I just did not like it nearly as much. <laughs> also, like, you don't have the familiarity, so falling to sleep during New Odyssey doesn't work as well. As no, it falling doesn't Falling asleep to something... You, like, yeah, it's like you don't fall asleep to the new album from your from a band you just got into. You fall asleep to, like, you know, Jack Johnson doing the Curious George soundtrack. Naturally. And by that, I mean I fall asleep <laughs> to Jack Johnson doing the Curious George soundtrack. Like every that was night. my attempt at an Andrew Sabo joke. No, it's just, it's it's one that I go back to from time to time. It's, I mean, it's delightful. I, I mean... I don't know if any of the Chalk Squad listen to Josh Garrels, but I have listened to the same Josh Garrels album, like, well over a hundred times. There you go. All right. So, episode 330, The Time Has Come. It's an episode written and directed by Paul McCusker, because if it wasn't, what even would life be? Mm-hmm. Um, it first aired September 2nd of 1995. Um and it comes off the Darkness Before Dawn album that we have been talking about. So... It is... Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to cut you off just for a moment. Yeah, go for it. It is also... And I really want to highlight this in this episode because of just the gravity and everything of this episode. But also, like, one of the reasons I love it. So this episode is um, sound engineered by Dave Arnold with music by John Campbell. That's mm-hmm. almost always the case, but it really feels ne- necessary to emphasize it here because, uh, yeah, without it's really that, good. I don't know. I don't know what this episode would be. Certainly wouldn't be the same. There's a, there's a really good write up in, um, in the, uh, the, the, or the complete, no, the official guide, complete guides, the old one. The official guide, just with Dave Arnold talking about 
going through taking two weeks to put together the imagination station scene yeah um, going through all the scripts just trying to find these key points in eugene's journey and whittling that down to about 40 minutes of audio which he then whittled down even further into eight glorious minutes yeah um then working with john campbell to put music to that um and it's yeah it the love and effort put into crafting this was so good all of that montage scenes plus the recycled wit lines Mm -hmm. um all come together in a way that is perfect and we'll obviously talk about that but i just wanted to off the top uh throw some credit at 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 dave arnold and at john campbell because we usually are just like yeah it was written directed by whomever and we kind of move on but no this is i I mean this is i think pointing out the a work of art is yeah anyways you you were gonna say something before i decided to monologue uh, yeah, I'm sure I was, but to be honest with you, I completely forget. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, cast-wise, I mean, we've got nothing this episode. Yeah. Um, it is Connie, Bernard, Eugene, Jack, Tom at the end, and then archive footage from throughout the show. Yeah. But it is, it is so, yeah, it's, it's very much kind of restricted to the most key of odyssey characters yeah so basically i think off the top it's worth saying that this is the episode where eugene becomes a christian right yes yeah if for some reason you're not listening along to this with us or like you've forgotten yeah the reason we're being all serious is because this is the this episode is a giant clip show that ends with him becoming a Christian. Yeah. And it's and and it's very powerful. Like uh uh-huh. I mean Yeah, there's Eugene's journey is basically like feeling super helpless, feeling like so much of his identity and so much of his self Yeah, like his self worth has been stripped away because wit's gone and darkness seems to be winning and things are so bad right now and he just feels so incredibly helpless he doesn't even have wits end anymore um although he kind of does because he can be on you know on uh on the site but he doesn't have it by any means in the same way that he had it before and so he yeah. he kind of goes searching within himself for answers yeah and it's so good like mm-hmm. all the decisions that you've been making have have led you to this point to this decision right. yep and and yeah it is uh it's an episode with a lot of weight um and yeah we'll we'll kind of break down what that looks like as we proceed but yeah uh, I think I think I'll roll the promo if yeah. if, uh, if you're cool with that. Yeah, I think that's what I would like. 
Life-changing excitement on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Feeling left out and left alone, Eugene Meltzner has hit rock bottom. With the closing of Wit's End, his life has ended. Or has it? Facing the greatest decision in life, will Eugene forever wander lost or discover a new path to freedom? Make your decision next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Look, it's not an egregious promo, but the promo doesn't get it. No, it doesn't. I almost, like, the promo makes, this one especially, makes me feel even more than, like, other ones we've talked about that are bad. Like, do they hire an outside firm to make these promos? They must, they must, because clearly they (laughs) don't get the vibe. Yeah, it's tough. Um, But, you know. Whatever. It it sets the stage. It doesn't give everything away. Um, yeah. Um, it exists. It does It does exist. We cannot deny that. So basically, uh, what, the episode begins with a callback to basically Eugene sitting alone in Wit's End. And it's a callback to him first coming to Wit's End. Um, yeah, well, so it, it starts... It starts on a cold open. Yeah. We don't get the Odyssey theme save for seven notes that Eugene whistles. Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome. And also, uh, is not Eugene doing the whistling. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, our g- good friend Dave Arnold, uh, <laughs> and engineering the show and doing, doing the whistle- whistling. They didn't call Will Ryan in for that. Um, who knows? Maybe Will Ryan can't even whistle. I can't. Um, I can't well. And so it's, I I love it as as a way to open and just mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, yeah, we're we're not doing like we just said the promo doesn't really get the tone. The episode gets the tone and is like, yeah, we don't need to cut to full blown theme song. Adventures and Odyssey is happening. No. Um, we, we cut just, to like, sad feelings. <laughs> Yeah, and it it's really interesting. There's a couple different points in which I really felt this, but the this is an episode that while I have listened to is not like embroidered into my mind. Um, yeah, especially not in the way that um, are the other kind of Eugene arc that we covered, being mm-hmm. um, the Eugene returns uh, yeah. three parter. That one is one I had on CD, and so I know it extremely well. Um, and this, that, those episodes are very clearly calling back to this. Because we do have the Imagination Station as a center point. All of the clip showiness of, of parts of it. And the, um, and the, the whole thing with you know Eugene coming out of the imagination station and um and remembering this episode rather than um like that's that's his his first getting his memories back is remembering this episode yeah um and so i think yeah i think that that's so so powerful as well but what really i don't know what really caught me in this is the cold open to this of 
Eugene, like, getting his keys out, unlocking the door to Witsand, walking into Witsand, going to the Imagination Station, um, and just thinking about things. Um, it has a very, like, the idea of starting the episode without really having dialogue right off the bat, and it's just kind of cold open right onto sound effects, mm-hmm. is the same thing that A Most Intriguing Question does which is mm-hmm. the first of that Eugene Returns trilogy um, with the uh, guy who works for the health association or whatever showing up and he's like parked outside of Wit's End and we get that same thing of like him turning off his car. Like you hear the keys, like it's very, I don't know, it's a very similar vibe and just like the starting on, it's not like, so there, there's a term in, like story writing and whatnot which is in media res Mm -hmm. which means like starting on action like throwing you right into the thick of it yeah and this is a different play on that which is like throwing you right into a quiet moment of contemplation that then like the story doesn't take a break like you're you're being thrown in at the start of the story but you're not like. But the in story the doesn't of an begin with action, because the story yeah. isn't based around action. The story is based Correct. along about self reflection and kind of yeah, like a like an inward understanding and the coming of terms, like coming to terms. With yeah. It. Yeah, and I I think it's I think it's so interesting that this episode comes amidst like the blackguard episodes amidst the the darkness before dawn album yeah no it's completely off pace from everything we've been covering it's been action action movement movement plot plot and then this episode that just opens with kind of desolation like i right. would and i would argue that it like the point that it makes so abundantly clear is that eugene is alone yeah and like so on top of that this has not been a eugene heavy arc no up to this point the last episode we saw him in was 327 moving targets yeah so it's been three episodes since he's been here and before that we didn't hear him and like before that's the only time he shows up onto this album up until this point previously he was in part two of a name not a number Mm -hmm. but like he has not been in the show much and even when he is he's very much on the back burner yeah and so it's it's such an interesting move for the show to be like all right we're taking a step aside from all this action to you know, create maybe our most important episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it almost does like a full arc for like, it's not like this is building off the last couple Eugene episodes. It's building off of a grander arc for Eugene, this big trajectory yeah. that we've seen and that we get recapped. And, we, I mean, in the last episode he was in, in, in Moving Targets, he was talking about this kind of, like, what well, was the whole growing the mustache and not knowing what to do since Katrina has left 
and he's got his you know he's been reading her bible the bible she gave him and like so it's not as though this is coming out of nowhere no but it's also not as though this is the climax of like a multiple episode build no it's it's the culmination of his back burner contemplative journey that has been going on alongside everything that we've been covering right it is the culmination of nearly seven years of eugene being on the show yeah and like so this episode starts after he walks in like you said we get a clip from him first arriving at wit's end in connie part one um and and his interaction with wit in that it's just eugene yeah in this very pensive state remembering that moment um, and it's such a, it's like such a great note to start on. And it is, it is, I think we, we haven't talked too much about kind of Eugene's overall arc in this show because we haven't talked about Eugene too much, but it's really worth pointing out. So he first appears in Connie part one. Connie part two is the Connie becomes a Christian episode. Mm -hmm. Which was a huge, like, that was kind of the first three albums. Yeah. We're all kind of playing, almost like the first, you know, year or two of the show. However, that susses out because there's a lot of episodes that get cut during that time. And there's some pilot stuff and whatever. But, like, Connie's early thing is, is this whole story arc. And that, at least her... You know, going from not a Christian to a Christian, that whole art takes place and ends right as Eugene comes onto the scene in a move of the show clearly being like, all right, like we did one salvation story. Now let's do another. But also, you know, whereas the Connie one took place over a year of the show, this one's going to take seven. Um, yeah, no, it's an incredibly, it's, yeah, it's super powerful. And, and you, like you said, yeah, we really haven't covered a ton of Eugene. Um, but it's a very long arc. And, and like I said, because I've been listening to so much old Odyssey, I've seen a lot of the parallels between there. I was like, Connie was super despondent for a really long time towards the faith. And like, she was obviously very young and coming at it from a, kind of classic young and I don't really care about God because I don't need him perspective. Whereas Eugene approached it from a, I'm young and I'm intelligent. And as a man who's a background of science and things like that, embracing something so, uh, potentially contrary to it is, yeah, it's like a, it's a big difference and it's a big journey. Uh, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to cover the Mortal Coil episodes at some point, just because I think Odyssey's commentary about a faith journey is very important, and I think it's worth discussing. Um, it's it is yeah. it's very interesting because so because salvation is such a key component to Christianity, right? You're not a Christian until you're saved. And what does it mean to be saved? And what does it take to become saved? And and can you lose your salvation and all that? I mean, 
that's those are the key questions that churches and scholars have been debating for thousands of years um you know i mean yeah, you can hear different things from anybody to kind of defend certain arguments. And I really, as somebody who, like, you know, doesn't even necessarily... I don't know if I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole, like, you have to audibly pray a prayer to become a Christian. Like, I don't know if I even necessarily agree with that, but I also think that this is a super powerful um, illustration of what it looks like on the inside to make that journey that then culminates in that, you know? It's less yeah. about the words that are said at the end and a lot more about the, okay, there is something yeah. clearly here, and this is something that I've been drawn to, and sometimes you just when it's all stripped away, when it's all stripped back, it takes, sometimes it takes that to get that moment of clarity to be like, uh, this is really what I need to do. And I think that and even, I would say Christians would say the, still do that. I think that that's, I would say, I would say that that's a continuous part of my Christian walk is, you know, times, times in which I'm not close to God or more often than not times when I'm distracted by other things. Yeah. Well, and the episode hits home, like, understands that the that the prayer is not what's important here as well. Yeah. Because they cut away on it. Yeah. There's almost a, a like, to, a, a feeling of, like, to stay on the, sh like, to stay in that moment with Eugene and listen to the whole thing and the conclusion is almost like exploitative in some way mm -hmm. like whereas like i mean we i think we get a similar thing on the other big story like this that we've covered being aubrey mm -hmm. um where in a very similar fashion they pull away after that's after that scene starts because it's like we are setting this up. We are showing what's happening. We want to capture the tone, but it's like weirdly voyeuristic for us to sit here and listen to this person, you know, quote unquote, say the prayer. Yeah, no, like I, I, it, I think that that's actually like surprisingly very good from them. And I think it's also even like a tool of, a, of, of evangelism in the sense that it's like, if you weren't a Christian and you were listening to this and you were following them on that journey, you would definitely have questions about what then happens next. Right. Like, I think it's, I think it's so, so good in contrast to like, you know, Bible man, which yeah. as, as, as a thing I enjoyed as a child, but like that show was like, all right. We are going to give you an episode that is like an action show and has a little bit of like Christianity sprinkled in. And then at the end, there is an altar call and a dude in a chrome suit leads you in a prayer that will save you. And Odyssey is coming from it and being like, no, like we've got a like, here's the show. We are watching this develop over time. 
and we're not going to bail out when the time arises, but we're going to treat it with respect and restraint. And then our Chris wrap-up can be like, look, talk to someone you know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, yeah, if, if, you, if you felt, you know, drawn in by these events, like, absolutely go talk to someone. But the point is not, ah, you enjoyed this? Well, now, sign up. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think that's one of those things that I really like about this episode is kind of how vague it can be at times. Yeah. Um, so... So, so we have the, the, the clip... Yeah. Um, from Connie Part 1, and Eugene's thinking about that, um, and tinkering, and then we get a, um, a call from Wit on the answering machine yeah um while while eugene struggles to get to the phone of just some really really well pieced together archive footage of wit Mm -hmm. of hal smith as wit talking about you know basically just saying like hello like are you guys there and you know i'm in jerusalem i'll you know all right, no one's picking up. I'll, I'll call you later. Just like, a, oh, I had a quick moment to talk on the phone, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to use it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a genuinely good wit moment. Um, and Eugene kind of fumbles around, tries to get to the phone. He can't do it. Um, and it's it's very interesting because, like, Eugene is desperate in this moment to get in contact with wit. Yeah, this – it seems like this moment on top of all else, like, but this is the moment that sets – fourth the episode yeah things have been building to this point but eugene personally hasn't gotten there until he misses the call from wit yep so then from there is that when jack comes in well so so we then we get like a nice instrumental interlude kind of like where you think the theme song would be Mm -hmm. um and when we come back eugene is over at wit's house with jack they're um jack's getting them tea there's like a thunderstorm going on and jack's kind of trying to figure out why why eugene's there yeah um and there's yeah there's this this kind of discussion where that's that's kind of recapping and getting us all in the headspace of where of where eugene is but you know jack's talking about the the failure of the mustache yeah um, Even the, the three, uh, was it the three hairs you have, you call a mustache or drooping or something like that? Yeah, well, that that's a Bernard Yeah, that's Bernard later. later. Yeah. Um, but Eugene also explains that, you know, Wit's End has been shut down by Glossman, but that Jason has negotiated for the employees to be allowed at Wit's End. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah that he so he has been back there and he's working on this imagination station program basically the idea is that he's trying to figure out what's going on at wit's end with the tunnel and why glossman might be there and just all of this stuff that's been ramping up them not owning the land like all of these questions he has and he's like all right you know wit has essentially encased the imagination station with 
all of human knowledge. Yeah. Like, it is, it is like, you know, he imported all of Wikipedia into the Imagination Station before Wikipedia existed. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's, a, it's a vast wealth of knowledge about anything and everything, both personal and otherwise, and, um... Yeah. Oh, and he, he compares it to, like, a full library. Yeah. So, basically, he... Eugene's idea is, well, what if, rather than using this as a tool to, like, teach kids about history, I use it as a tool to research things about Witsend in a more interactive way than what I could do. Um, and so he... We can get into it later, but he basically, like, hooks up a search engine to the imagination station where you can like put in a keyword and see a bunch of things related to that keyword. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, his goal is to use this to figure out wits, to figure out what's going on with wits end. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Jack's kind of sort of following along with this whole thing but there's definitely some some confusion there um but he eventually is just kind of like i feel like there's another reason you're here though eugene like what you're you're not just here to tell me all this yeah um and eugene's like yeah well i missing that call from with this morning really kind of like threw me and just everything has been swelling to this point mm -hmm. the just feeling the wits end being shut down combined with wit leaving and katrina leaving and just all of the craziness and intrigue around odyssey you know he feels like these key people have been yanked out of his life in a time where he really needs to lean on them and it is just he's just got this feeling of powerlessness his his quote is that he feels weak and ineffective yeah and that's definitely something um, that i really relate to in the sense that i feel like there there have been times in my life where i felt like i've gone through a great amount of loss like all at yeah. once and like even i've lost things that would normally be my support system you know and, yep. and and it does, I mean, that does push you to your core in the sense that it's like, I literally cannot look to anybody else but God at this point, you know? Yeah. For me, it was nope. my friends I... going to college and things not going great in my relationship and, and um, yeah, and being in, me being in college myself and, and working too and just being so exhausted and so spent at, that I just was i mean it drove me to the point where i was like god you're the only way that this is going to keep happening <laughs> you know yeah yeah i have been in that place as well actually in there there were more things you know at like that were involved in this than 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 just this but like for me as well that that year of like oh i'm out of high school and the people who I normally lean on have all gone away to college and I did not and um, throw in a couple other things to the mix and it really became a okay like I have to 
I have to fully lean on God in this. Um, and yeah, and so this episode, this episode gets to the core of that. And I also think that uh, the, the feeling of just powerlessness while the world goes crazy around you um, is something we can probably all relate to at this moment in time, if you're listening to this when this comes out, um, because, yeah, that there kind is of, a yeah. lot going on around us. Um, and, and 90% of it not are not good. in control. <laughs> there are, yeah, there's so much, mm-hmm. so much happening right now. Um, and so that, yeah, that struck a chord with me as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's so... It's a lot. I mean, obviously, this if the Chalk Squad can't tell, I mean, this is a very emotional episode, a mo- very emotional episode in general, but it's also, it's topical because of the feeling of helplessness and lack of control, and also just kind of reflective of, of, of our own journeys with Christ, um, which isn't something that we really talk about a ton on this show, um, but I think that this episode is probably as good a time as any, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, so then, moving forward, um, so he's with, yeah, uh, Eugene's with Jack still, right? Yeah. And they're talking about, so, so Eugene's talking about how helpless he's feeling and Jack's like, well, you are helpless. Like, you can't do anything. This is, there's a physical battle, yes, but there's a spiritual battle as well, and you are not equipped to fight it because you are not aware of its existence. Yeah, it is. It is a really. Yeah, it's just Jack is so direct, um, but just in a way that it's not condescending. Way, it's it's just correct. matter of I was fact. Say, it, that's that's exactly it. Is he's not being direct in a way that is mean no he's being direct in a way that honestly just shows how much he cares exactly um and he's just like yeah you're you're not equipped for a spiritual battle the only way to fight is faith yeah that's that's all we have in this situation and you do not have that he has he then drops this just like it's a perfectly matter-of-fact, to-the-point line. Just stop messing around and get yourself right with God. Yeah. It's just Jack put, kind of just giving Eugene the shove to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, and even if it's... Even if it's something that he doesn't like, he doesn't even fully understand, it's not even a, a, a decision that he probably was even contemplating... I mean, no, I'm sure he was contemplating it, but, like, the fact that, yeah, there is a spiritual battle, like, that is what you do. Like, if you can't fight it physically, you fight it spiritually. If you can't be there for somebody in person, you be there for them in spirit, you know? Yeah. And so this kind of sends Eugene, you know, uh, back to, to wit's end. To work on the imagination station. Yeah, and he's walking down the street, just once again thinking back to a previous conversation with Wit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then uh, we get our our probably the lightest point in the episode, um, which is this interaction uh, between Eugene and Bernard. Which um, is delightful. I love Bernard. Bernard is like a fresh mint leaf in a glass of ice water. Like, it is just, huh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And so he's, Eugene's kind of walking down the street. Bernard's washing the windows at wit's end. Um, and Eugene's kind of like, you know, wit's end is closed. And Bernard's like, yeah, well, the windows still need washing. But you get this sense from from Dave Madden's performance that, like, he's not there to wash the windows. No. Like, he's there because he also is is in thought. He's there to and... mourn. Right, exactly. Um, and... I just, I think that's some, like, fantastic nuance to that performance where it's like, oh, this doesn't just feel like... Matter of fact. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, because he could absolutely have been played as, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, Eugene's saying, I, the wit's end's closed, and and Bernard's saying, well, the windows still need washing. Mm Mm-hmm. But he, I, I mean, and some of this has to be McCusker's direction as well. But just that that performance of like, yeah, well, the windows aren't going to wash themselves. Like it's not, it's not this jokey comment. It is like a, like yeah, I just kind of felt like I've got to be here, um, because you know what else can I do? You get kind of that sense of like Bernard also is helpless and doesn't know what to do but you know so he's just turning back to what he's always done um all that from a little line yeah Uh, (laughs) no but i mean that's that's exactly that's exactly what this show is doing is it's it's performing great amounts of exposition with minimal dialogue and so yeah there's there's this interaction then where Bernard's like, look, like, what's up with you? Mm-hmm. You look about as happy as a man who invested a million dollars in eight track tapes. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, how does Eugene not know what eight track tapes are? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that did seem weird, but you know, whatever. Young people. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's just, it's a good, it's a good moment for, for them to have this back and forth and like Bernard's like, well, like Eugene's like, Oh, you know, I've, you know, I'm working on this thing with the imagination street. Like he starts to say it to say like why he's actually down. And then he pivots and you get, you get this sense that like, it's, it's, it's twofold here where like, he's still not sure about saying it out loud, but also Bernard is at such a tonal, um, like, uh, juxtaposition in this scene of, like, he's still being Bernard where, well, Eugene is, like, rethinking yeah. his life. And and Bernard is kind of making the 8-track tape joke and kind of poking him a little bit in their normal banter way. And that seems to put Eugene in a place where he's like, all right, like I'm going to conceal my feelings a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I could have, he starts, he starts and then he changes directions 
And it's like this maybe, maybe I could have told Bernard what's going yeah. on. But I can't. I can't quite get there because I'm not sure where I'm at and I'm not sure how to communicate with him when he's joking. No, and that's a very, I mean, that's um, a very real feeling to have and it makes a lot of sense. And I think that one of the things that this episode does super well is it through the flashbacks and everything it draws the audience to eugene's super strong connections with all of these other characters so like even like the homage like he's talking about like you know going to find himself and he's like no we did that like we drove across the country don't you remember that arc like don't you remember getting thrown in jail and don't you remember like all those other things that you did like yeah. we you know he it's establishing yeah. connection obviously with jack so far and wit by missing the phone call and now bernard right yeah it's and and bernard's got has this moment where he's like no like after eugene's like you know i'm just it's i'm just caught up in thought working on this imagination station thing and bernard's like well like I know you, Eugene. When you're working on a program, you're walking down the street, you know, pepping your step with a smug look on your face. Mm -hmm. This isn't yeah. that. And it's so, so good for Bernard to just be like, you know, we've been through a lot. Don't you think I know who you are? Exactly. Like, even if you're not willing to come forward and talk about it. like Don't lie to me. It is not, it is not lost on me that you're going through something. I feel that um, I've had that conversation so many times with so many people in my life where it's just like, you don't need to tell me what's going on, but don't tell me it's normal because I know it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, then, and then we go from there. Um... We go from there to to Eugene at the Imagination Station, um, and he uh, he is importing his journal entries years one through six mm -hmm. into the Imagination Station. I just I find it humorous, at least, that year one of Eugene's diaries is the first year in Odyssey. Like I just think that that's funny. Naturally, that he was like, "Oh, new town, know. time and to take up even, journaling." Right, but it's not even it's not even really new town because like year one is he meets Wit. Yeah. Because he was already he went to Campbell County Community College. Campbell University. Like he's already in the area. Yeah. And so it's not as though he's just like moving to a new place and starting a drill. It's like he went in he like walked into the door of Wit's End and then that night was like, All right journal year one yep <laughs> um because this episode takes place seven years after connie part one so he's in his seventh year so this is the previous journals um but but yeah and then as he's working on that connie comes over from the little theater to and it's like, oh, I didn't realize you were here, Eugene. Kind of, what are you doing? And he, she can also tell that he's distraught. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you know, what's what's going on? He's like, I'm looking for answers. She's like, answers to what? He's like, to questions. 
I just, I love that exchange. No, 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 that's, yeah. That's a fat mood, though. Of, like, right, he's... I have questions. Yeah. Yeah. And... And, Dylan could attest you know, to that. He, I say that pretty regularly. I don't have answers, just more questions. <laughs> just more questions. Um, Eugene then explains to Connie um, what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. So kind of expanding on this idea from that he talked on, they talked to Jack about, he brought up like in this whole thing of like, I'm going to dive back into the imagination station and pull, you know, some information um about wit's end through doing that um he also talks about like you know i in order to in order to properly test this i have to go and examine something that i already know well to know if this is truly working yep um and so that combined with the soul searching he's doing kind of pushes him to in once again similar to the eugene return stuff arc of just like i'm going to test this out on myself like you know i've got to prove that what i'm doing works and i'm reached this moment of desperation so like we're just gonna take really aggressive measures um and he is just kind of like connie's like you, you know are you sure you're gonna do this like what's what's going on you don't seem like you're in a great place and he's just kind of like go talk to jack i'm doing this Mm -hmm. and like closes himself off um in the machine and is that when the clip show starts kind of it it is when the clip show starts but i think in an incredible moment the show doesn't immediately start with this with this going back through the history of Eugene's arcs, it starts right off the bat with the voice of wit speaking directly to Eugene in this moment, Mm -hmm. which is not something that, you know, I would think on paper could be pulled off. No, but, but it was, but it's, it's Eugene, Eugene, answer me are you all right Mm -hmm. eugene eugene are you in here your whole future is at stake here push the red button hold on tight yeah it's so and it is it push the red button hold on tight like oh my gosh it's so powerful like it's i mean it's mirroring his desperation to find answers with Wit's desperation to show him the answers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's so powerful because, like, and and I, as much as we joke about Wit being God, like, that is God right there. Like, right. you, you right. want peace, He's... God wants to give you peace. You want answers, God wants to give you answers. Maybe not right away, but he will do it. It is, it is a, like, it doesn't, right, it's not wit calling out to Eugene. Like, it does truly feel like this is, you know, God via the Holy Spirit or however you take it. Maybe it is him directly manipulating the imagination station. But at least the vibe is, you know, because, I think both because 
Wit has served as a father figure to Eugene, and also, you know, God is our father. Yeah. Like, it forces a really, really, yeah, impactful scene here. Um, And, man, do I love it. It's all so good, man. It's just, this whole episode is just one giant punch, and it feels good good and bad at the same time but it, it i mean the ending it's just so sweet yeah yeah it really is it 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 is such a perfect conclusion to what we have been building yeah um and i think yeah so so there's not a ton i feel like we can talk through during the montage portion of no this. the only thing that i would say is basically the montage covers eugene's history and eugene's relationships with a lot of different people so it covers his relationship right. with connie it covers his relationship with katrina especially with katrina katrina is important specifically in the sense that she has been a big cat uh, catalyst to his faith in the sense that she gave him a Bible. She wouldn't be with him because he wasn't a Christian, and she was. Right. And it was kind well, of an inevitable thing where it was like she wasn't at first, and then she she became right. one. You know, like, there was a right. sense in which God took Katrina away from him. Right. Right. There's this... Yeah, we, we get, you know, from him first showing up in, in Odyssey, um, we get you know the we get mortal coil stuff mm-hmm. we get his introduction to tom mm-hmm. we get a lot of this katrina arc which is really the big catalyst for what's happening here in like at least recent odyssey which is like they become friends they start to get close she comes to wit's end and you even hear the clip in there of just like you know of Eugene expressing concern to Wit of like, I don't know how I feel about her hanging around you people because you have a certain way about you. And Wit's like, you know, you mean our faith? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are you worried that she will become cynical to it? And he's like, yes, maybe. And then Wit's like, are you worried that like she's going to believe? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we keep jumping forward and she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get him you know leaving the uh you know her her leaving and giving him the bible Mm -hmm. and we get clips of eugene and bernard traversing the country um on his yeah his soul finding journey part one um and just all of this incredibly incredibly like they just they pull all of these moments from all of these episodes that are already to a degree impactful in their episodes, mm-hmm. but seeing them all here strung together is so much more so. Yeah. There, like, there has never and probably can never be a clip show this good. No, I mean, I certainly haven't seen one. Like, with the exception like of maybe the series finale of Scrubs. All right, Andrew. Sorry. But like, <laughs> it, no, that's that's totally fine. It's just like normally, normally clip shows to me, while they are while they can be enjoyable, they always feel just kind of like cheap 
cashing in on nostalgia. Oh, remember when our show was good, all the fun times we've had together. Think back on that yeah. rather than like, let's do something new. And this is like, okay, yeah, like we're going to make you think back on all these good times, but it is to further the story. Yeah, I think it's one of the few instances in which a clip show can be used to further the plot rather than stall it. Right. And it only can work because the show's been going on for seven years. Because, inevitably, there are people listening to this episode who don't have all those years of context. Exactly. There are people listening to this episode who, because... You know, seven years. You grow up a lot in seven years. If you started listening to this show at five and you're now 12, maybe you're still on board. But if you started at 12, you, like, you haven't heard this far. Or, like, you know, if you're five, like, and that whole thing of, like, especially, too, of, like, you know, if you don't have access to the albums and you're just listening on the radio, then when you miss an episode, like, you don't get that. Yeah. And so... It serves such this important role of like fully contextualizing what's taking place. Because in the scope of this album, what is happening seems drastic. Mm -hmm. And like it's just all of a sudden happening. But in the context of Odyssey, this has been so intricately woven in for so long. Not day one, but, like, year one. Yeah. Like, album three of the show starts this arc, and album 25 is where it has its climactic moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's character development at its finest. And the, yeah, all of this happening wrecked me yeah like the closest i have come to crying to an adventures and odyssey episode i was so emotionally affected by this whole thing and i was that because did you relate to it or was it just you were you were empathizing so deeply that you were like kind of journeying through this with him there is there is definitely i mean all of the above like yeah. it is while my story is very different from eugene's i understand the emotional beats of his and can relate to a lot of them individually exactly um and that coupled with just and also feeling like like i th- I feel like regardless of where people are with their faith, you have had that moment of, I am crying out to God because I like cannot do this on my own anymore. Yep. Like that is, that is the turning point in a Christian story. I would say that, yeah, like, like that, that is such a important part of my story. And I imagine the stories of most. Yeah. And so seeing it fully, fully done captured here 
in a way that doesn't feel overly dramatic Mm -hmm. is so important um and and there's also just that level of like yeah like i've spent a lot of time with the character of eugene i have also followed him on this whole journey multiple times yeah and like this is so it's impacting me in that way as well where i'm not going i'm not just going you know it is i'm not just going this relates to my own experience but i'm also going this is like such an important moment for a character that i truly like i feel like i understand yeah like well i think that art becomes the most impactful when we start to see ourselves in it you know like like there are songs that i like a lot and then i listen to the lyrics and i love them and then i listen to the song for the first time after a while and i'm like oh my gosh this song became true you know, mm-hmm. like this song became real to me. I always loved this song and, and now I get the words and now it has that even deeper meaning. And in I think that's exactly what, what this episode at least did for me is just like, I, I get it. I totally get his feeling of desperation and this sense of like, I think that loss viewed separately from somebody dying is not given enough credit because loss of any kind breeds griefing and the like the grieving process like we think like okay somebody dies then you go through the seven stages of grief no right you don't see your friend because he's in college seven stages of grief you you know have a falling out with your parents seven stages of grief like you these things happen whenever you are experiencing these this loss and and it's really how you respond to it and how you observe it that that changes what you do in in response to it um right i your, my therapist your put it really moves well away. yeah your you, your girlfriend um decides that you're on a break and the place of your employment has been shut down grief yeah so my therapist put this really great um, when I was going through this. She said, like, there there are things... It's, it's like a garden in the sense that you have these plants, right? You have these strong plants that are growing. They're, they're their own things individually, and they represent your relationships. And when you lose those plants, you can't... You, like they're gone, you know, the plant's dead, it's not going to be alive anymore, it's not going to be putting out any more fruit, it's not going to be serving its purpose, so, so what do you do? And, and the answer is, obviously, you, you plant more, you, you plant more seeds, and you try and make something that will grow, that will take its place, and not necessarily erase it, but, but start to fill that void, you know, metaphorical garden space in which, it once was um and kind of having that be said to me was so powerful because it's yeah it's it's super hard and and that's exactly what G- eugene's experiencing here he 
he lost a giant plant, which is wit, and he lost a giant plant, which is wit's end. He lost a slightly smaller but still incredibly important plant in Katrina. And so he's left with now what? He has these super strong relationships that he has kind of unknowingly developed over all these years. And so now he's left being like, well, now what do I do? And Jack is kind of the person that tells him, well, you need to start planning. And so he goes in the imagination station and has this long self, like, uh, I'm, what's the word? Self uh, introspection that leads to him deciding, I'm planning a seed of faith. Metaphors with Andrew. Yeah. And so it all kind of climaxes. This whole experience washes over Eugene. And at the end, he's just kind of crying out like, yes. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Yes. You say yes. Say yes to believing. Say yes to God. Say yes. Yeah. Say yes to yeah, the yeah. question of, is God real? And do we do you want him and so he uh yeah he does and he steps out and jack's there mm -hmm. and he's like you know what how how are you here like what happened and jack's kind of just like you know i talked to connie and she she said to come and now i can't find her but but what's what's going on eugene and there is this incredible incredible just monologue from Eugene of him. It's just him expressing his inner thoughts out loud. Mm -hmm. And he is slightly manic and he is rambling through these things, trying to justify his experience, bargaining, like all of this just kind of like, you know, I don't, you know, how, how can I give up on what I have, held true for all these years you know to embrace a faith but like i feel like i have to and like how 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 could i not and it is it's so well written mm -hmm. so well performed it just it rang true to the character of eugene and also was something which felt like a mirror reflecting back on my own life exactly there's like especially i think you know chalk squad listeners that have kind of similar experiences as we do growing up in the church and and even if you didn't feel god super strongly in your own life you've been able to hopefully bear witness to him for so long and see what he's doing that it's like how can you even deny that he's there you know, how can you how can you turn your back on somebody that's shown himself so clearly? And the whole theme of this episode is that all of this has been building to a decision. You have you have been walking a walk for a long time and now there is a fork in the road and you need to decide whether you are going to say yes or you are going to say no. And Eugene says yes. And Eugene, obviously, like you said, like has this whole, you know, questioning of like, well, can I do this? Can I really do this? Like, and, but then he kind of becomes self-aware and he's like, well, I need to do this before I talk myself out of it because I will like, I will over-rationalize and philosophize and, and just kind of chalk it up to being anything less than a call from God. Right. And I absolutely 
get that sentiment. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I live my life walking on the uh, <laughs> on the on the verge of Andrew. <laughs> you need to uh, think less and do more, and most of the time it gets me in trouble. But in faith situations, it it definitely helps. Yeah. Whereas I am the person who thinks through every little thing and is easy to talk myself out of decisions and all of that stuff which uh yeah it's a nice nice balance that we bring to things yeah you see my Um, thing is i'm really easy to get talked into doing stuff yeah not (laughs) on um which is why this podcast was my idea and andrew got drug along for the ride hey 43 (laughs) along for the ride um is that the levity you wanted in the middle of this episode? Sure. I'm sorry, Chalk Squad. No, 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 we place. should. I, I like the, the mental image of me riding in the sidecar <laughs> with you on the motorcycle. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, he kind of just asks Jack, like, you know, how can I do this? And Jack's, like, weirdly hesitant. Yeah. And, like, is, like, trying to figure out what's going on and, like, and he's like, you know, I, he mentions once again, kind of having a dream with about all this. And, um, and then, uh, and then he's like, all right, well, like what, what, you know, well, okay, let's do this. Like something doesn't quite feel right, but like, you're right. We gotta, we gotta do this. And then Connie walks in mm-hmm. and Katie Lee gives maybe the best performance ever. Yeah, no, it's such a good... It is... It perfectly encapsulates her conversation with... Or her relationship with Eugene. Faster than any of the other characters who stumble in, she understands and changes her posture. Mm -hmm. And it is... Yeah, it's this thing of Eugene has been around... For as long as Connie has been a Christian, they both work at wit's end with wit. Like, they have such a strong relationship. She has watched him grow. She has watched his relationship with Katrina. um, And she realizes, this is the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually, it's actually happening here. Um, And, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And so they're they're getting ready to pray again. And then Bernard walks in. Um, just with this, once again, he is... It's Dave Madden being so true to the character of Bernard. He is walking this line between comedy and raw emotion. Um, and he's just like, you, you know... Yeah, he has, like, a classic Bernard, well, stuff me with feathers and call me a pillow. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is like, well, this is incredible, and I am so glad to be here for this. Um, and then the final cameo. Um, Tom shows up. Yeah. And he was just and driving by, and he felt like he should come in. Yep. And so we get... We get all these, all the key people. Tom is, is once again, comes at it from like a somewhat, somewhat 
I don't know. He he he's a little bit more comedic than than Connie was. Not, not well. It's very much a. It's kind of the sitcom ending where it's like it built to this very serious conclusion, and then it's just like interrupted by yokels. You know, like right, right. And they're all like, "Hi, br- like, yeah. hi, Tom." Like what? Like well, and he's like, "I would like to do this if anybody know, else is going to join." Kind of solve this. Comic and then they're like, "Well, one person is missing, and that's right. Wit, but you know, and, he's obviously not here." And that hits hard, just like that. Like, it it feels like a moment of the show not just being, like, Wit's not here, but also being, like, Hal didn't get to be here for this. Mm-hmm. And it is, yeah. It's it's such a, yeah. For Eugene just to be like, well, we're, we're missing one person. And then I believe Tom says, you know, I think in a way he is here, or something along those lines you know i wish i had the exact quote but basically like you know his presence is still felt and uh yeah eugene launches into his prayer and you know typical eugene fashion and jack kind of calls him back and is like all right like maybe start it with a you know dear father rather than you know doing your normal shtick yeah and i like that I like that then it's not as though Eugene's prayer suddenly becomes casual Mm-mm. and he switches into sounding like a normal person. He dials it down, but he stays true to his character. Yeah, it becomes less of a performance. Correct. But it doesn't feel like... Right, because it, it could be, okay, stop performing, and he just turns it off, and then that feels like a performance. Yeah. But it's... They manage to hit the perfect medium where he can say a line like, I am uncharacteristically at a loss of words, which is perfect. Yeah, it's completely characteristic of him to say that. Yeah. And uh, and so that we, we fade away from that. But before the episode actually ends, we get some audio of Wit calling in again. Mm-hmm. Um, being like i need to talk to you there's something we've been we i've been praying for you since i met you and we need to have a conversation yeah connie eugene where are you hello eugene we have to talk mm-hmm. it's something i've been praying about since i met you it's very hard to explain i'd like to talk to you about that hold down the fort will you okay Bye. he sounds so happy it is he really does yeah Frick, i'm getting choked up thinking i know <laughs> i am too <laughs> laugh away the fume <laughs> laugh away the pain laugh away the pain it is oh man it's a lot it's it's great it's so great. good and it's just like so when when mr rogers accepted the uh, emmy or something um his speech was basically him going up there and being like i could give a speech but i'm not going to instead i want us to sit in silence for a minute and think about the people that loved you into being and loved you into being who you are now and know that when you think of them that they're proud of you And, gosh, like, if that isn't this, 
like just the idea of all of these people like just contemplatively methodically steadfast prayer is one of the most underrated things in christianity i think and it's something that i have very much underappreciated in my own life but there have been people in my life that i've had the fortune of being able to walk like watch and 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 benefit from that and like have as good role models but like my mom when i was little and she prayed with me before bed she used to pray for the girl that i was going to marry and there have been times in my life in which i thought that i had found that person and it was so surreal that like oh my gosh for literally over a decade somebody has been praying for this to happen Mm. and i have a good good friend um named yasser who is probably the strongest example of that in my life in the sense that this man has had something on his heart and he has been praying for it since he was 14 and he is 30 and it's remarkable like even if it's not consistent that entire time but just the idea that you can love somebody in that way and it can work out Hmm. and like prayers mean so much even when they don't come to fruition in the way that you think that they are or they think that they're going to yeah yeah it is it's a really good episode everybody yeah give that up you haven't haven't picked up on it listen to it please if you haven't for some reason please do it's really good it's really powerful um and yeah i mean as much as as much as it feels weird to say this but like i i i would really like the 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 chalk squad you know collection of us to 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 be a community in which people feel safe being themselves and asking questions and also bonding over shared interests you know Mm -hmm. like the idea that this could potentially mean even a fraction of what it means to us to you guys like amongst each other like having something that you can talk about and and having a community like i don't know i just i mean that's that's the goal at least for me you know i love making this show and i love it and i really genuinely do appreciate you guys um and yeah that i mean that's that's what i want i want it to be a a big kind of friend friendly place friend group almost you know there's i mean i don't know i really i really appreciate the show and i really appreciate dylan and my ability to be able to do this and have fun and have a passion project that for some reason means something to other people too oh amen to that um, thank you yeah thank you do you have any um, other closing thoughts dylan no no i don't think i we we have really we've we've really hit on it all yeah. this episode um and yeah i'm really glad that you and i got to talk about this um yeah and that other people 
get to hear that. Um, and so, um, in the in the ways we we normally do, but like, yeah, just feel free to reach out to us, mm-hmm. uh, listeners of of the show, and um, and yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be back in a week to cover episode 331 checkmate bye guys goodbye wadfam chalk pod is a presentation of the Lidditz podcast co-op this show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with adventures and odyssey or focus on the family as such the copyright is ours under creative commons Follow the podcast at WadfamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadfamChalkPod at gmail.com. The Time Has Come was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WadfamChalkPod. <laughs>